When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast. Part of my mission in ensuring your pregnancy, birth and motherhood journeys are supported, positive, and empowering. Are you ready? Let's get chatting. Pregnancy, the hormonal roller coaster of physical and psychological change that some days, let's face it, is super tough. But what if the food we eat could really influence our health and happiness? We could enjoy delicious cake and comforting food and reap health benefits too. Now, I don't know about you, but I am well and truly sold on that idea. And this week's guest is beyond qualified in the field of nutrition. And I'm very excited to talk about how the food we eat can lead us to enjoy a healthier and happier pregnancy. Rhiannon Lambert is one of the UK's leading nutritionists, a best-selling author and chart-topping podcast host. Founding Retrition in 2016, a renowned Harley Street Clinic, which specializes in weight management, sports nutrition, eating disorders, and pre and postnatal nutrition. As an evidence-based practitioner, Rhiannon is committed to the benefits of a scientific approach to nutrition. Now, Rhiannon is also a best-selling author to Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, Top of Your Game, Eating for Mind and Body, and The Science of Nutrition. Rhiannon is also super mum goals in my eyes, as after publishing her science backpacked book last year, she's also just published an incredible practical book called Deliciously Healthy Pregnancy, designed to support your body and baby through each stage of pregnancy and early motherhood. I've managed to steal Rhiannon away from her own podcast, Food for Thought, to share her wisdom with us today. So welcome and Thank you. You are beyond incredible. I don't know how you fit everything into the day whilst growing humans. So thanks for coming on to join us. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. I mean, let's face it, all women growing humans, pretty remarkable feat, isn't it? On top of a normal everyday to day task. (laughs) I mean, it's it's pretty incredible, but we don't all publish books and run a podcast and a clinic and Instagram accounts and all the other stuff we do and grow a human so you are amazing um actually do you know what Rhiannon I think it's okay to say that you're an inspiration I feel like you have to take that because we always tell ourselves short don't we well 
We do. But equally, I feel very silly when you list off all those things. Half of me, I do genuinely, when I hear it back, think, am I crazy? Like, you know, people would say. <laughs> and I, I guess, yeah, I am very fortunate to have opportunities. I grasp them. I'm a live with no regrets type of girl. And somehow things get done. I'm not saying it's the healthiest way to live all the time, <laughs> but it gets done. <laughs> It gets done. And I guess at some point you take a little a little bit of a break and a little bit of relax and unwind, I hope. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, yes, this time round as well in the pregnancy, because um, it's very different to having a baby in the pandemic where running a business, I couldn't afford to take any seconds off mm. the clock um, financially. You know, you just didn't know what on earth was going on. But this time round, I do have scheduled... Um, sort of leave in where you know I don't have to do any appearances anywhere or travel and do clinic which is lovely good you can sit at home in your pjs yes. snuggling yes. your baby which is oh I can't best. wait yeah oh, oh good for you good for you so <laughs> when when I mean we are a repeat guest which is super exciting I've managed to sit again thank um, you for how I can't believe it I feel so honored <laughs> it's great it's great I'm super fortunate so when we think about a healthier pregnancy, we're delving straight into it here. Because I think sometimes when we think about eating well, eating healthy, I don't want to use the term diet because I really hate it, but I know that will spring to some people's minds. I think we automatically think about excluding foods or even whole food groups, banning foods, but actually instead, can we not do that and still be healthy? Is there like swaps that we can do instead? Because Rhiannon, I'm still on my maternity leave, and I really like cake. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's okay. This is just it. You can really like cake as long as you get the other areas in. And what you've mentioned is such a crucial psychological aspect of food, because food and psychology, I know we've discussed this briefly before, but they're so heavily intertwined. And I think a lot of us have been brought up or raised in society or even societal norms tell us, cut back, cut back, cut back. If you see a nutritionist, they'll just tell you to eat leaves, that type of, you know, mindset or eating an ounce, a tiny, tiny bit of sugar is terrible for you. Whereas it couldn't be further from the truth. What we really need to be doing is encouraging people, especially, you know, mums and busy people. We need to be fueling ourselves to try and get a lot more in. And then you can still enjoy the other areas too. Your diet kind of naturally balances itself out. So it's it's more about what you can add in and enjoying that cake and that moment. Because if you enjoy it, you're less likely to overeat on something or create binge eating behaviors or disordered eating, essentially. It's people that restrict that are more likely to have disordered eating behaviors. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Because when it comes to anything in life, if we tell ourselves we can't have it or we're not going to have it, all we want is that thing. Like whatever that yeah. is, we want that one thing that we've suddenly decided we can't have. Oh, um, absolutely. You must see it all the time in your line of work in terms of, and it's something I learned from, well, I haven't had baby number two yet recording this at this point in time, but the birth is you must see birth plans. And it's so important. I know you as midwives say, I wish I was more open-minded the first time around because then you're not set up for disappointment. You're, you're just, you're open to life. Yeah, yeah, like birth preferences, amazing. A birth plan sometimes can be a bit challenging. And I guess it's the same, right, with our nutrition preferences or, or plans, yeah. same principles. Yeah, exactly. And I like what you said, Rianne, about thinking about adding things in, because when we think about pregnancy, 
and women start thinking, I can't eat that, I can't eat that, I have to avoid that. That can start to feel naturally restrictive, but actually there's lots you can eat, isn't there, and should be eating. There's so much you can eat. This is the strange thing, and this is what compelled me to write my new book, The... Um, I think it's because I was looking, especially in my first pregnancy, which is actually what inspired this book. Um, I was looking for a book on nutritional information just because I, I like to go a little bit. Obviously, I'm a nutritionist. I like to look into it in more depth and have a look at the science, see what the research says. And I noticed a common theme, like you've just said, that most pregnancy information is about what you can't have. It's avoid the unpasteurized foods. You, know, you can't have X, Y, Z. It has to be thoroughly cooked, all these sorts of things. But there's a whole diet out there of food. In fact, I'd say you can still eat 90% of the food out there. It's just very few items that you shouldn't be consuming in excess, like caffeine anyway, that should be limited. So for most people, just following a healthy Mediterranean style diet, and when I use the word healthy, I'm very aware that language, that that word will look different to all of your listeners. You know, to someone healthy could mean they ate their five a day that day. To someone else, it could be they just had one vegetable extra a day. You know, you've really got to weigh up what that word means to you. But that's delicious. It, it means you're getting your carbs, your protein, your fats. It, it's kind of like how you ate before if you were conscious of that sort of thing. But you need more of key nutrients so it's not it's not about what you can't eat it's about thinking hang on a minute my calcium requirements go up massively in pregnancy and then beyond to breastfeeding like for most people it's 700 milligrams and it can go up to a thousand one thousand three hundred which is a huge amount of extra calcium that you need in the diet what can I add in you know to get that am, am I having yogurt um Am I having tofu can be calcium set? Am I adding in fish? What about beans and things like some greens? Kale contains calcium, broccoli. I'm going off on one, but basically there's a whole world of nutrients out there that's listed in the book, but people want to try and get in as much yeah, as definitely. they can. And then supercharge in pregnancy. Now, I guess it's no surprise to hear that eating healthily or eating a great nourishing balanced diet is amazing for our physical health and I know we spoke on the podcast previously about how that has an interplay with our baby's development and growth and pregnancy outcomes and all of that brilliant stuff but what about our mental well-being Rhiannon, when it mm. comes to what we eat because I think brilliantly we're really lifting the lid now on mental health and especially pregnancy and postnatally we know that's a really vulnerable time for our minds so can our nutrition support that as well? Just taking a mini pause to share with you an extra expert top tip from Avril, one of Actor Club's expert authors. Hi, I'm Avril Flynn, a midwife and childbirth educator. Did you know that your pelvic floor has an important role to play during pregnancy, birth and post-birth? A strong pelvic floor can support your baby and bladder in pregnancy, help rotate your baby's head in labour and help prevent stress incontinence and prolapse when your baby is born. For more information, sign up to aptoclub.co.uk. Absolutely. It, I would go as far as saying pregnancy and motherhood and beyond is the most vulnerable. I think any woman, if they go through this, will feel for the first time in their entire life, you've become a complete different human overnight 
um well from the minute you find out you're pregnant really sure. but especially when the baby's born because we know there's biological changes in the size of the amygdala and certain parts in the brain the hippocampus that stores our memories and then there's also the fluctuation of hormone drops and <laughs> things that women go through obviously to create milk to lose go through the birth you you know more than anyone of oxytocin and all these different things women may be subjected to during this time in their lives so it makes sense that we do what we can to eat to support it so the key things i'd advise your listeners to kind of try and get in to their diets is making sure they're getting the right carbohydrates and combining them with a protein at every meal or snack opportunity that they can bread and butter just isn't enough bread and maybe nut butter or bread and hummus something that's going to help these lovely building blocks of protein amino acids and one in particular called tryptophan it needs to get through our brain in order to help convert to serotonin, but it can't get through the blood brain barrier without carbs. So basically protein and carbs should be best friends because they should be partnered together. And we should be eating a variety of sources of protein to get that particular amino acid, um, the building block. Imagine Lego, lots of different shapes of Lego for everyone listening to make a structure. Protein is a structure essentially in, in, in our body. And that serotonin is our happy hormone. So we know diet can have a huge influence on that. Then there's conflicting research here, but most of it, I think a lot of strong evidence supporting the fact that 70 to 90% of serotonin is produced within the gut area. The debate. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like so basically it's your gut. Yeah. It's oh huge. Gosh. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And think about it. That's all living bacteria. So if you're not looking after your diet, you're not looking after your gut health. You're not looking after the production of serotonin. If you're not eating those carbs and protein, you're not then looking after the transportation that you can actively initiate every day. And there's some research by the SMILES trials that suggests that following a Mediterranean style diet, which is rich in all these gut friendly things that we want, all the different prebiotics, lots of vegetables, fiber, carbohydrates, proteins, healthy fats, because the brain is also made of fats. I'll get into that in a minute. But it's basically been shown that it's more effective than going on antidepressants or taking drugs if, you, if you're dealing with depression. Wow. So that's powerful that we now have concrete information that medication isn't as effective as diet in some cases for some individuals. So for mums, all I can say is, I know it's not straightforward. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll end up with a cake for lunch some days. This is how it is. And that's okay. Remember that a cake will still give you some carbohydrate protein because it will most likely be made with eggs, depending on if it's a vegan cake or not. I know there's sugar in it, but you're still going to be getting some essential nutrients from, from beige. In fact, I have a great page in the book explaining why the humble eggs on toast or something really basic that you think just isn't a goer actually gives you so much nutrients if you look at what's in an egg and what's in a slice of white bread and the fortification of calcium and folic acid and things and iron so i'm waffling but diet has a huge impact humongous and the healthy fat aspect uh, our brain is 60 percent fats and all of our cells are made with this lovely protective cushioning a cell membrane and you need a lot of omega-3s and healthy fats which come from oily fish and nuts and seeds and avocados to support the structure of the brain and then you need the antioxidants from dark berries and things to stop the shrinking of the brain. So all of these components in a Mediterranean diet, a healthy diet, help you stay happy. 
I love that. That is, that's honestly blown my mind a little bit because I love nutrition. I find it super interesting. But to, to really know that there's that incredible evidence-based link is yeah. amazing. Like if there was a thing to prioritize, like that just has to be it, doesn't it? In protecting your mental well-being. Oh my goodness. And then if we look at it holistically as well, look at sleep as, as a mother, which is blooming hard anyway. Most people don't get it for like a whole year plus. We were discussing yes. this before we came on air. Sleep like, bags under my eyes, down to my knees. I mean, <laughs> one day it comes back, but for a, a lot of mothers, you've got several years of, yeah, yeah, of pause. And it's just simple lifestyle changes, like hydrate even more than ever before, because that does impact your mood. It's not just dehydration impacting your cells or your functioning. It does impact concentration and mood. Reduce your caffeine consumption. Cut it out before 10, 11, 11 latest, I'd say, because it has a long shelf life of up to six to 12 hours in the body. And it can trigger a poor quality sleep, even if you think it's helping you in the morning and you're desperate for that cup of coffee or two becomes three, becomes four, you're really disrupting your sleep at night. And then you've got the aspect of the carbs and the serotonin I mentioned, the happy hormone, that converts to melatonin in the brain, which plays a role in circadian rhythms and sleep cycles. So if you're not eating well and you're not getting that serotonin production, you're then not helping your melatonin, which is your sleepy hormone, and you're not helping your sleep cycle. So you're just not doing yourself a favor, really. Oh my gosh, I could literally talk to you all day. I find it so, <laughs> like, I love that. Because I yeah. love the science behind it. I'm one of those people really that unless I understand the like why and that background bit kind of yes. doesn't doesn't feel applicable. Like I can't apply yeah. it. But when I understand yeah. like the what and the why, then I'm like, oh, now I can do that how bit. I get that. Yeah. So I love yeah. That and it's not about taking food out. This is about taking food in. I'm asking every single mother to just drink more water, try and eat more carbs and proteins at meals, and they will feel better for it as long as it's the right type of food. They will feel better. Yeah, I love that. Now, I want to just rewind back. I know I made you on a tangent there because I just love. I just Sorry, love that was me. That was me. No, brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you mentioned eggs on toast. I want to just go yes. back to that a moment. Okay. Can we really eat healthily? on both a time and a financial budget. Now I think for everybody at the moment, finance is a, is a thing and oh. we're trying to cut our bills everywhere and food's definitely one of those. Can we still do it? Can we still eat healthily? Yeah, you, you can, but it's about education and it's really tough for people. I'm gonna be really honest, unless you are savvy with your freezer, you know, you know the minute you buy a loaf of bread, and check it's the fortified one that you're putting it in the freezer and you only get it out when you toast it or the night before knowing what you're going to do with it the next day and you plan your meals it's very easy to for food to become extremely expensive and food waste i think household food waste in the uk i'm just trying to recall the stat because it's in the science of nutrition not the pregnancy book but i have a whole page on how much waste it's a lot. We need to get more savvy with how we cook meals and using up pulses and trying to switch our protein sources, not just to animal produce is expensive. Meat and fish is very expensive. You can buy some good frozen cuts of things, but that's going to cost you. Whereas a can of black beans or chickpeas could be 50, 60 P baked beans, underestimated item. You can buy mixed beans in tomato sauce, own brand, reducing the sugar, reducing the salt and getting a variety of pulses in something that still tastes like beans on toast, which can still be a very healthy meal because you've got the protein, the carbs, the iron, like I said before, the calcium, lycopene from tomatoes, a good antioxidant. I could reel it off on how these basic meals people think are just cheap and not nourishing, can be nourishing. That's good to hear. We've been eating loads of chickpeas recently. 
yeah Not great because of me and my husband's choice but thinly blooming love <laughs> honestly this kid will eat chickpeas for breakfast <laughs> lunch and dinner given half a chance and for lunch today I mean, it was it was the last minute. We were at a baby group. We got home and he was hungry. Yeah. And I was like, food yeah. needed now. Yeah, um, yeah. And chickpeas are ready, right? You've got them in the can. Yeah. You can just yeah. like mash them up, whatever. Yeah. So he had chickpeas with some mashed sweet potato that was left over from dinner last night and a spoonful of peanut butter. It tasted wow. like cookie dough. It was lovely. Yum. <laughs> Yum. And this this is just it. What I love about feeding children, I know you'll have other, other episodes on this, but you can you like rules go out the window we've got such a black and white mindset as adults of what a meal should look like what it should contain whereas visually when you're feeding children and you're mixing savory and sweet items together on the plate and you're getting creative like that the sky's the limit and you you can really do that from a young age yeah I was literally like protein carbs fat done yeah (laughs) done yeah all in one plus the extra bits and mins yeah from the potato perfect (laughs) Amazing. Um, I'm pleased that you approve of, of his lunch today. Don't get me wrong. We all have moments where they may just eat cheese and you just got to roll with it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a bit of cheese. A cheese in no. the book. Now, your new book, Rhiannon, um, Deliciously Healthy Pregnancy. Yes. There are loads of recipes in this one, aren't there? So there's 80. Supporting you through, yeah. 80. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Supporting you through all stages of pregnancy. Yeah, so I think what what was missing on the market in my eyes, um, in the marketplace when I was looking especially as well, is something that's going to cater to mums with the symptoms throughout pregnancy. So women like for myself, I know, I think the stat is 80 to 90% of women experience nausea. So not every woman will do, but a lot do. So what recipes are going to help with that situation, you know, adding certain items to the food like root ginger or little and often living by snacks and that type of thing if you're just stomach in beige how to get more vitamins and minerals within that beige meal so it's and reflux catering for how to deal with reflux and foods and drinks so it goes through trimester one two three and four which most pregnancy nutrition or anywhere do not include the blooming fourth trimester and which I think is that's the hardest when it comes to nutrition, oh, right it's a sin not to include it in my opinion because I just think you are suddenly thrown into the wild west of newborn territory and you just don't get looked after in this culture anyway I actually write about the comparison as you've probably done a zillion times between Asian cultures and 40 day you know rest periods that mums are on and people come and look after them God, we don't get that here in the UK everything we've got to have a clean house we've got to be meeting for coffee dates with our hair done We've got to have our baby sleep in a routine by day two. Like, oh, it's it's overwhelming. And I go through, you know, let's prep. So how to prep before baby comes as well. So what's I call them saucy kind of things to put in lunch boxes that could go with any base that you happen to have that's quick and easy. So just chuck it in the fridge the night before the next day you'll have pasta with that or you could put a potato with it or amazing it's practical but it contains options that are quick easy nourishing and of course I've got lovely sweet items in there as well I've got some incredible brownies and incredible um oat bars as well and things that but with packed with fiber and prebiotics and gut-friendly ingredients and yeah. that's really helpful because one of the things that shocked me I thought I was quite well prepared for the newborn period given I'm a midwife I didn't realize how starving I was going to be breastfeeding I mean, that's oh next level hunger and like day and nighttime hunger. Like I had snacks in my nursing chair for nighttime. <laughs> 
your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you know, you can burn, I think, I mean, the stats vary from different countries. I will say one of the fascinating things writing this book mm. was because it's a global book, having to go through the American team edits and the changes they wanted to make, especially over things like they don't agree with chamomile tea over in the US, whereas it's totally safe to consume here in the UK. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. controversial like areas. Um, But from an evidence-based route, it's totally safe by the way, everybody. But breastfeeding, (laughs) just to let you know, I've been drinking chamomile tea, it's fine. Um, But you can burn up to 400 to 500 calories is the stat we have in the UK just from producing breast milk and the process of the feed itself. It doesn't mean you should automatically eat an extra 400 to 500 calories. That's totally individual, but you definitely need more. I'm not going to put an exact number on it. We know in the third trimester they recommend 200 plus extra calories in the UK. Some countries they say from the second onwards, it's it's very hard to study a pregnant woman as we're all so unique. And it's not very ethical, yeah. <laughs> no, that's just it. You can't really starve a woman to know or, you know, to do these experiments. But, but our you bodies are, are clever, right? We should be able to listen to our hunger cues. And like some days yeah. we might eat more than others and, and that's cool. I say honour your hunger is the most important thing and try and this is where the book will be so helpful for so many women. That's what I really want, because a lot of women are so confused. They're thinking, right, I need energy. I need it fast. And often the cupboard isn't full of the best items sometimes and partners don't know what to make or support, you know, or what to bring around for the best. And this time you'll have a whole book where you can be like, well, got 80 choices here. Yeah. <laughs> get in the kitchen but also I think sometimes people think they're being kind by bringing you around like a bagel or a pack of biscuits because they don't really yeah. they don't they don't understand that what you know that evidence base that you were just talking about they don't understand that they don't know how that nourishing oat bar is going to impact your mood in a way that those pack of biscuits just kind of are oh my goodness and such a basic swab you could make um I've got some amazing oat biscuits in there and you can just do those instead of a digestive with tr- I mean to get me wrong enjoy the digestives as well but if it becomes a daily habit where you know that you're not feeling good as a result of your diet then something does have to change and it's so hard when you have no support and you're having to dictate these types of things so ask for help is my ultimate thing and with the food don't be scared to dictate a little bit could you just top up my fruit bowl for me you know that type of thing is invaluable could you make sure my water bottle's filled when you come over if I'm just stuck during a feed or something like that I've got this all to come this time because obviously it was lockdown last time so I'm quite excited yeah that was so funny <laughs> that made me laugh when when my waters went I wasn't in labor at this point my husband like rushed home from work and then because he was so aware of like hydration and nutrition with breastfeeding yes. having yes. done all of my courses like a yeah. hundred times yeah he ran the <laughs> good house, filling up water bottles and like putting them in every chair near every seat Aww. there were snacks everywhere and um, he nailed that actually so that's so sweet but you're right, it's that support is is invaluable isn't it 
oh my goodness, your husband's got gold star, but I need to, I need to play this episode back to my hubby. Like when it's be like, this is, see, this is what someone else's husband can do. You're capable of the same. It's your job. Now, yeah. can I test your, your book knowledge? Yes, go for it. Game. So we spoke about the symptoms and yes. that you've got recipes to match them. You look a bit, yes. you look a bit scared now, Rihanna. Yeah, I know, <laughs> just because I'm in full swing baby brain, but go, go for it, go for it. So I wonder, can I throw you a pregnancy symptom and yes. you throw me back a recipe in your book that will help combat it? Yes, go for it. Yeah, okay, let's go. First one, nausea. Oh my goodness. Um... I have to say, when you're experiencing nausea, I would say something that tastes less extravagant and exotic and bland, even if it's the simple, I'm going to go back to that, and I'm saying bread and, bread and eggs, but I think bread and eggs or even a cheese on toast, or I've got, I basically, I've got toast four ways, that type of thing in the book. So okay. nut butter, raspberries on toast, that type of thing. Um, I'd say breakfast items. Don't be scared to eat breakfast items at dinner. And in fact, I always add ginger root. So around three grams is the the evidence-based amount that's meant to help tackle nausea. It's not going to work for everybody, but why not give it a go? Chuck in some ginger root or have some ginger root tea with your um with your toast or your porridge toast four ways love it okay <laughs> fatigue um I think if you're feeling tired you don't want something that's going to make you feel not probably a very carb carb heavy you want something that's a bit more protein rich as well so I've got an incredible bean stew in the book as well and there's a lovely halloumi tray bake actually I think so something like that if, if you don't eat cheese to anyone listening obviously I've got flexi options for every recipe so if you don't eat halloumi replace it with chicken or with tofu or whatever floats your boat but going for a tray bake is a great way because you've got those whole veggies there as well and you're going to get the energy releasing from those carbohydrates rather than something that's going to hit your bloodstream very quickly so when we break down mashed potato, for instance, versus eating a tray baked. So I've already gone sciencey on this. Versus you know the tray I love science, it's fine. You love it, so that's okay. Versus eating the tray baked potato with the skin on, you've minimized the effort the body needs to break it down. So what you've done is given yourself a bit of a blood sugar spike because that's the difference between ultra processed foods and foods you make from scratch at home. Mm. So by doing a tray bake, you're not going to get that blood sugar spike that's going to cause you to crash. And also there's less washing up. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's an, isn't that such a bonus of isn't the it? tray bakes, the classics? But we've also got a lovely like green and butternut squash type pastas in there as well. I'm trying to get veggies into pastas which could be another nausea one actually off the top of my head and good for yes. babies and good for babies oh my like goodness I love friendly. it oh yeah you yeah just you know whip up if you've got a toddler as well and you and you're pregnant about to have a newborn these recipes are yeah they're good for you okay another one constipation it's glamorous it happens <laughs> it happens to I think you you would probably know a stat on how many women experience constipation oh, like. it's loads isn't it same and then and post-birth as well right this is like a fourth trimester can be an issue as well which is not when you want it oh my god yeah it's so so difficult um this is when you want to be getting that fiber in and you also I would try and encourage something that's quite light in the digestive system but equally 
something that's going to keep bowel movements going. So I've got some lovely recipes that involve seasonal fruits like a peach and ricotta salad but I've also mixed nice. that onto putting it onto a toast item again so people don't think to put fruit on toast as much but a roasted peach in the oven means it will break down quite quickly like I explained before but help get bowel movements going with the carbohydrate basis but it doesn't have to be loads of beans you know if anything you've got to be careful um if you're constipated that you're drinking enough water and you don't just suddenly go crazy for fiber overnight. You've got to build it up slowly. Um, and the, just to bring up the, the topic of laxatives when, when you're in the hospital, because I think it's quite important. I don't know how you feel, but I don't, I, in my experience in clinic, haven't felt all of my clients have been given them needed to take them. And then you've got the problem of the knock-on side effects of taking them. Now they're so important for some women because you, I mean, you must talk about this all the time, how scary that first poo is and getting oh, bowel movements it? back. You just feel like everything's gonna fall out and you're gonna oh. open your stitches and actually you're not gonna do that. The stitches like that. was, a, yeah, the biggest thing for me. I had an episiotomy. I just remember sitting on the toilet thinking what is, what is gonna happen to me. Yeah. But for women, it's just so important to encourage snack on fruit every single day get those main meals in, keep the fiber consistent, but don't go overboard and suddenly have a huge, I don't know, pasta bake that night thinking this is going to help me go tomorrow because you need to build that up slowly with the hydration. And I think when it comes to constipation, like prevention's better than cure, isn't it? If you yeah. can get, make sure that you've got that, that high fiber diet and all that hydration so that you don't reach constipation, then you're in such a better place. I think as well in the lead up the last few weeks, because of how little room you've got and the baby's bigger and you don't feel comfortable, bowel movements slow down anyway, naturally. And you've got the hormonal fluctuations, which slows down the um, pulsations and the cramping of the digestive system to get things moving through. But the, <laughs> they could see me right now, my hand gestures. I'm like, <laughs> I'm doing proper pumping with my hands and I'm I'll making snap a wiggly. This is a video. Yeah. <laughs> This is a video clip. Um, for all the lovely ladies that struggle, try the when you hit 38 weeks plus, really try and focus on your diet because, like Pippa said, if you can get those bowel movements going, you won't have as much of a problem and you won't need the laxatives post birth and you'll be able to keep that up. Amazing. And one last one. And this one's kind of selfishly for me, Rhiannon. Uh, sweet tooth cravings. Oh, I have so many. I have amazing chocolate cookies. I, I've got berry brownies in there, which are delicious. But, you know, I'm more of a, I would go for a flapjack over a brownie type girl. So it depends. Okay. I'm a brownie girl. You're a brownie girl. Brownie um, girl. And you like cakes. So I've got a good loaf in there as well. Yeah, I've got a good life. Um, <laughs> so you'd go for brownies. But for anyone listening, you know, I've got some delicious gingery oat bars with apricots. So the reason I've put apricots in, dried apricots, they're a source of iron as well. Um, obviously an amazing source of fiber and dried fruit as well can contain more calcium and all of these nutrient requirements increase when you've just had baby as well. So um, yeah, there's basically covered, like, got I've got you all covered. <laughs> there's everything in there. There's even like a um, sort of bone broth type creation for people that want to go the extra mile and invest and go down that route. It's you know, it's optional, it's not for everybody, but I really pulled that from the Asian type of holistic way of looking at nutrition. So I may be evidence-based, but I've looked at all the different angles. I love it, I love it. Now, 
Rhiannon, you know because you've been here before, um, I always ask, and I don't know how you're gonna find any more, to be honest, this might be a challenge, but for three top tips. So I wondered if you could share three top tips to eating for a healthier pregnancy. Um, uh, okay, tip number one is first of all, make sure that you are trying to keep the diet varied because it's very easy to get stuck in a rut anyway but in pregnancy because these nutrient needs increase it just means you're more likely to get more sources of iron and more sources of calcium these key nutrients that the body really needs I mean that they test you for iron frequently throughout because you know in labor with blood loss and all these different types of things and growth of baby it's so important so don't forget there are plant-based sources if you don't eat red meat you don't don't just rely on your supplement my tip is get a varied diet so you're getting iron from beans and pulses and tofu and dried fruit not just yeah looking at that uh tip number two would probably be to make sure that you're aware of that serotonin connection so carbs and proteins at every meal like we've said so carbs and proteins together at every meal so think fancy a snack right now or I might just have an oat cake and you know I might just have a cube of chocolate or two but where's your protein there really always question where's my protein where's my good quality carbs and the final tip it is very difficult to come up with the three top tips a lot today to be fair (laughs) you have you have but it's good you are heavily pregnant No, it shows that somehow there's still a brain cell somewhere left inside my brain. (laughs) Brain cells, that will be my next top tip. Get as much dark colored fruit and veg in your diet as possible because that's the antioxidants that are going to protect your brain and growth. Uh, So lots of berries and it's expensive now and strawberries are in season in the summer. Try and think what blackberries more so in the autumn, winter. Think about seasonal food and buy it frozen. It will save you a fortune if you buy a frozen bag. Yeah, frozen berries are game changing aren't they they're so much oh my god friendly and then you yeah, have food yeah. waste which is major bad. budget it, i mean if you look at a punnet of what you get in one or two portions of berries versus a bag of frozen berries mm. anyway different subject yeah <laughs> we'll do that next time yeah <laughs> oh thank you so much for letting me steal you again and if we don't speak before which i hope we will yeah, best of luck will. with everything that is to come and enjoy those days in your pj snuggled up at home cuddling your newborn baby oh thank you so much for having me thank you for tuning in today i hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as i did i'd be hugely grateful if you could take a moment to leave a quick review it honestly means the world to me to hear from you as a listener and of course to ensure you don't miss upcoming episodes hit subscribe too remember i'm here to support you through pregnancy birth and beyond through my range of pregnancy, birth prep and postpartum courses at midwifepip.com. I hope to get to know you better and to help you on your empowering journey soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.